Blog Talk Radio. This fall, the Fantasy Sports Channel will make history all over again with even more live fantasy sports radio than anywhere on the planet. At least 12 hours of fantasy football, baseball, basketball, and hockey action each Monday through Friday. Plus more fantasy sports talk every Saturday and Sunday. More than 50 shows in all from the best fantasy sportscasters in the business. Try getting that on your radio dial. The Fantasy Sports Channel, only on Blog Talk Radio. It's a schedule you can bet on. Come on, Mike. It's week three in the National Football League. Let's get it, buddy. and their versatility bring new light to many topics in and out of the world of fantasy sports. Guests can reach the show by calling 347-324-5404. Red vs. Blue Sports Talk Radio, where Planet Red and Big Blue Nation collide. Let's hope they're still friends afterwards. Here they are, Scott and Mike. In the National Football League, Mikey. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Red vs. Blue High Stakes Radio, wherever you may be. Thanks for making us part of your night. I'm Scott Atkins, Team Legacy in the world of high stakes fantasy football. And as always, I'm joined by the Big Blue co-host from Brandenburg, Kentucky, Michael Trent. Mike, the crew here, the chat room at Red vs. Blue is filling up after a few technical difficulties. If for whatever reason... Uh, you can't hear the show, you got to refresh. Well, but if you can't hear the show, you can't hear me, so you can't hear me telling you to refresh. So, Mike, what do you say, man? The Dallas Cowboys, what do you think of them after that week two performance? Typical, very typical, Scott. Uh, I'm very disappointed as a Cowboy fan, uh, but I, I'm disappointed, but not, uh, it doesn't surprise me. Very di- uh, disappointed, but it doesn't surprise. It's just uh, the way the Cowboys are. Uh, that comes from coaching. Uh, I'm sorry, but it comes from coaching. They have to figure out a way to build on big performances, just like you can build on bad performances like the Giants did. The Giants, they got beat by Dallas in week one. What they do? They responded. They responded quick. So uh, I'm very anxious to see what uh, Dallas does uh, this Sunday. We're going to dive right in, Mike. We don't have a lot of time for, for games and giggles. We've got the Fantasy Football Players Championship, the National Fantasy Football Championship, the uh, the World Championship, or the, or the Fantasy Football World Championship. We've got a lot going on here with these high-stakes contests. The Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship, Mike, we're, you're doing well there. I've got a team that's pr- doing pretty decent. Let's, let's dig right into this game that we saw last week, uh, and we're going to start right there with the Dallas-Seattle game to find out what Dallas is going to bring to the table against Tampa Bay this week. 
Des Bryant, another disappointment, three catches, 17 yards. Miles Austin, five catches for 63. Witten still kind of getting into the to the zone here. DeMarco Murray's really the only one you can really count on for 10 to 15 points, you know. I mean, Romo, uh, 23 of 40 for 251 and one. Seattle is no joke at uh, at home. We're going to talk about Seattle in a minute. But with, right. D- with Dallas playing Tampa, I have to think that they kind of get it on track. The defense should be better. Uh, they, they don't, they're not really going to be uh, that challenged. I mean, you got Vincent Jackson and Mike Williams. You do have to face the running back. We're going to have to talk about Doug Martin. Doug Martin seems to continually bring it no matter what he does so far. But Dallas is just not a team you can be trusted right now. And Ogletree, after that huge week one, puts up a one spot for 26 yards, Mike. Yeah, that you know, honestly, Scott, that didn't surprise me a bit. Uh, it does surprise me about their uh, uh, the receiving core and the lack of production and the lack of production out of uh, Romo. But I will say this, uh, in this Dallas-Tampa Bay game, uh, expect a huge game out of Witten. Uh, Tampa Bay, they tend to play, uh, they play deep. Their coverage is always deep. A lot of underneath passes to Witten. Uh, that's the way Tampa plays. That's the way uh, Shiano likes to do things. And so I expect a lot of uh, underneath things to win. Move the chains, move the chains. Um, and that's what I expect out of uh, Dallas this week. 347-324-5404 is the number. We are streaming live now on the Fantasy Sports Channel, fsc.fm, thefantasysportschannel.com. Uh, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. We also are on iTunes Radio for your podcast, your iP- your iPod, your MP3 players. Uh, the, the Red Blue Radio inbox, redblueradio at gmail.com. And on Twitter, at Red Blue Radio. We've got a good chat room. Two Packer, Billy Waz, Dave Gerzak, Electric Relish, Fantasy QB, Henry Muto, KO Crew is in the house. What's up, buddy? Kurt Kikis, Mino Brown, Raiders Journal. Man, we want to dedicate this show to one of our favorite fantasy players, Michael Santos, a.k.a. Coyote Streakers. Just out of another surgery, things are looking well. The surgeons, he's got some of the best in the country. They did what they had to do. He's in a full recovery mode. Uh, I just got a message from Kurt. He did have to give him a little bit of a sponge bath, uh, but but it sounds like everything's uh, back and rolling here for Mr. Santos. This show is dedicated to you, brother, so hope you are listening or hope you get a chance to listen. Kurt's going to hold down the thing with your lineup and when you're free agent, so you don't have to worry about a thing. I mean, you've seen his dynasty team. He knows what he's doing, okay? So let him take care of things. Mikey, you know Mike Santos. You've gotten to, to yeah. meet him, and uh, we're just uh, thankful that he's okay on a serious note. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was able to meet him, and, uh, you know, that's awesome. Uh, that's awesome that he's doing great. Uh, when I heard about the surgery, I was like, oh, my gosh. But, uh, you know, it touches uh, everybody in, uh, in, in fantasy uh, football worldwide, you know, and so that's awesome. And uh, we are thinking about you, Mike, so uh, just keep <laughs> hanging in there, and I hope you can uh, listen to the show. If not tonight, obviously, maybe uh, here in about a week. And we have to give the, uh, the, the win ticket to the chat room here tonight was Raiders. The exact of the second-place finish goes to Henry Muto and – Billy Waz completes the trifecta, so we are doing the win, place, and show since we are from the good old uh, stomping grounds of uh, Churchill Downs and the Twin Spires there. But, Mike, let's get back to Dallas real quick and finish them up. Since Tampa Bay allowed Eli Manning to throw for 500 yards, you have to think that the combo of Austin and Dez gets things going in week three. I'm predicting a big week for these guys finally getting it on track. Romo, Dez, Austin, put them all in the lineup. Witten. You know, if you drafted him, you probably drafted him to be the starter, so there's not a lot you can change there. But uh, I, I would definitely I would definitely go ahead and uh, get those receivers and Romo into the lineup simply because of what we saw last week from Tampa Bay. Now, Eli's no joke. 500 yards last week, you know, a monster performance last night with limited cast this past, uh, you know, Thursday night um, <clears throat> against the Panthers, which is the number two ranked defense in all the league against wide receivers. So, I, I was very uh, amazed at what Eli is now doing. That week one is way behind him now. You know, everybody was a little worried about what the Cowboys did. Week two and week three, Eli's put it on them. I think Dallas, this is the week they get things back on track. Let's talk about Tampa Bay now. 
Vincent Jackson finally kind of had that breakout game we've been waiting for. Five for 128 and a touchdown, Mike. That's the kind of performance that people have been waiting for, for this Freeman to Vincent Jackson connection. Um, he, they, Mike Williams, again, another touchdown two straight weeks. And Doug Martin, uh, a touchdown with 66 yards on the ground. So, Mike, what do you think about this Tampa team as they head to Dallas? Uh, I think Tampa, they're going to be able to score, but it's not going to be much. Uh, I mean, I really I like Vincent Jackson. He fits great for Freeman. Uh, Doug Martin, Doug Martin, I think, is going to score more uh, fantasy points than uh, Vincent Jackson will this week, even though last week I, I, I told you to set Doug Martin. Uh, but uh, Tampa Bay, they're going to be able to score somewhat, but I've you know, I'm still going back to the to the fact that Tampa Bay plays a different type of defense, and you know, I know the receivers of uh, of Dallas. They're going to have all kinds of all kinds of room to run, but the open spot is going to be Jason Witten. I'm telling you, this is going to be Jason Witten big time game. Three four seven three two four five four zero four is the number if you want to talk to Scott and Mike at Red versus Blue here. We've got a good chat room going on. Some of the best minds in the world of high-stakes fantasy football in this room tonight. I guarantee it. If you have a question and you need some help, you can get it here tonight. Mike, I look at Doug Martin. I love the kid. I tried to get him everywhere. He was like he was like leaving at 111, 22, 23. I couldn't get him even in the mid-second when it came time to Vegas. And when we see what Marshawn Lynch did to Dallas last week, 122 carries, busted that big, you know, 30 or 40 yarder on him last week, I'm like, okay, I know that they're licking their chops to get Doug Martin rolling. So I think the starters on that team, Doug Martin, Vincent Jackson, if you're in a, a pinch, Mike Williams, but I, that would be a little scary for me to go ahead and get in there uh, this week. I just don't have a lot of a lot of confidence in that um, in, in seeing that happen. I, I'm not real confident in Freeman this week either. So if, if in, I mean, unless you're in a pinch, I, I would leave him on the bench as well, Mike. So that's uh, well, that's could the, be, you know, just to jump in real quick, Scott. Uh, yeah. I could be wrong, but I do believe that that uh, Seattle offensive line has about three, four more years experience than the uh, Tampa Bay offensive line. Uh, I. I might be wrong there, but I think so. That that Seattle offensive line uh, is pretty. I mean, they're pretty good, and they can uh, they can lay the groundwork a lot better than uh, Tampa Bay uh, may be able to. Mike, I got to give you credit, man. You're standing awful good this year. You're standing knowledgeable. You really did your prep work in the off season to get ready for the FFPC main event and the KFFSC. You, you really did your prep work. I'm putting you on the spot in a lot of situations here, and you're handling it. I mean, I'm throwing left and right jabs here, and you're just you're just coming back with counter punches, man. I'm pretty impressed. So let's let's take you to the test here. Let's go to this St. Louis Rams versus Chicago Bears. Sam Bradford threw for 300 yards against Washington. He now has to travel to Chicago. A lot tougher test. I love this kid, Daryl Richardson, and I know you want to talk about him because you picked him up several places. 15 carries, 83 yards. Mike, when I watch Daryl Richardson, I think I'm watching Jamal Charles. That's what I think about this kid. I I didn't get him. I wasn't ready to bid in most of the leagues that I needed the, uh, a running back. Uh, I wasn't able to bid what I needed to bid like some of the other guys were, so I missed out on him. But if I was in a dynasty league right now, I would try to buy this guy before he gets another 10 or 15 carries. If he gets that opportunity, I'm telling you, I think you're going to be pretty pleased he is playing a tough defense this week. It might be the type of game, though, you, you can wait. And since it is at Chicago, if you're going to be in a dynasty league, you might want to wait for this game and then trade for him that week because then he's going to get another chance. What do you think about – and we haven't even talked about Amendola, but go ahead and give us your breakdown of Daryl Richardson. Yeah, I, I love Daryl Richardson. Uh, the thing that uh, St. Louis loves about him is his ability to uh, – uh, block and catch the ball out of the backfield. I mean, he can do a lot of different things. He's very versatile. Uh, and I think he can fill in for uh, Steven Jackson because, I mean, let's face it, he's going to be the heir apparent. I mean, they tried to give it to Isaiah Pede, and Isaiah Pede it just didn't work out. So, right now, uh, Daryl Richardson is the guy. Uh, the game uh, this week, however, uh, I have a different view on it. Uh, 
with St. Louis at Chicago. The over-under is 43 uh, set by Vegas, which is, uh, you know, a pretty low number considering St. Louis loves to uh, do whatever they want to do uh, offensively. So, uh, you know, I I think this week is a good week to just, you know, just stand pat and just let it be and, uh, and see what happens. Uh, as far as uh, Dan, Danny Amendola, I would, uh, I would start Amendola any day of the week. Well, Amendola put up video game arcade-like numbers a la Marshall and Cuddy from week one when they played the Colts. The Bears do bring a much stingier defense. The best receiving option that the that the Packers had last week was Jordy Nelson, 6 for 84. So the Bears definitely bring another layer of intensity in defense. I look at this as a start. Uh, you have to start Cuddy. You have to start Marshall. We'll talk about Michael Bush here in a little bit. Amendola is a guy that, look, after a 15-catch game, I don't think anybody can have the guts to, to bench him, but it depends on your options. I mean, if you're sitting on an A.J. Green, a Julio Jones, and maybe you went early uh, with another wide receiver, uh, you know, later in the draft, or, or, you know, somebody that's a little bit better or more reliable than Amendola, you might be push-come-to-shove to bench Amendola this week. Again, it's just a one-week thing. Amendola will be in your lineup plenty this season, but Chicago is a tough matchup, so... I just want to evaluate the options with you before I just blindly say go ahead and throw Amendola in because, again, Jordy Nelson, 6 for 84, the best they had, and that's Aaron Rodgers throwing the ball. Now we're talking about Sam Bradford. you you got to think that Lovey Smith can game plan to take out one guy on the offense, and if they have to game okay. plan to take out Amendola, they can do that. So just keep well, that in mind, Mike. Go ahead. If he takes out Amendola, what about Brandon Gibson? There you go. That's what I'm saying. You don't know what's going to happen. It might be a Gibson. It might be a rookie and Quick or Givens who haven't even gotten on the field. I do like to look at snap counts uh, when, I, when I take a look at these wide receivers. And, and the really interesting thing uh, when we look at St. Louis is the low snap count by those very talented wide receivers. I think most everybody would tell you that Quick and Givens are very, very talented wide receivers. I don't know what's going on. Danny Amendola led all receivers in snaps with 38 but you're right, Brandon Gibson, 32 snaps, Lance Kendricks, 31, Steve Smith, 26. The next couple of options, Chris Givens and Brian Quick, hardly even on the field, 10 to 2. Quick has been a non-existent factor in fantasy football so far. So, again, uh, I, I will I will go ahead and not recommend Amendola just because I, I fear that, that Chicago might game plan against him, and then, you know, you're sitting on a, on a goose egg. Part of our week this week, Mike, we're going to do stardoms and sit-ems. Stardoms are going to be guys that, and we're going to do each position, but stardoms are guys that you want to start that are maybe a little more obscure, not somebody that's a definite start. You know, hey, you got to throw in Aaron Rodgers. Oh, you got to start Jordy Nelson. You know, it's going to be starters that may not be your top option, but it's a good week to put them in there, Mike. And, and I want to start with Michael Bush, uh, since we are in the Bears game. Uh, they're playing the Rams. Now, assuming Forte takes another week off, which it looks like he will, Bush is a triple play against this struggling Rams run defense. They've surrendered four rushing scores already. He's already the goal line hawk. Bush adds some nice yardage to his totals this week as well. I like Michael Bush a lot. I think you've got to put him into the lineup. Plus, he's from Louisville, Mike, so that's my defense on uh, Michael Bush there. That's my one of my stardoms for the week. One of my sit-ems is going to come at the hands of Cedric Benson. Cedric Benson looked good against the Bears last week, right? Since we're on this Bears theme. But the Seahawks were able to stifle DeMarco Murray last week, and they have a very stout run defense. Look, I think it's just going to be simply too much for the average, you know, kind of plodding Cedric Benson to overcome. He looked good, okay? As a matter of fact, I was talking to Alex and a couple of the guys before the game um, on Wednesday night saying, man, I really want to bid for Benson. I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm thinking about putting Benson, uh, putting a bid out because this was a league that was drafted way before the season, right? And we didn't have free agency. And he's like, Benson's out there? And I, and I explained, you know, it was an early league. It was an early draft. He's out there. And I'm hurting at running back. I think I'm going to put in a bid like 400. He was like, 400, are you nuts? And I was like, man, I don't know. You know, I think he might have some big games this year. This is not going to be one of them. Cedric Benson against the Seahawks. This Seahawks defense, if you have them or if you didn't, if you got a chance to still get them, get them in your lineup. I don't care who they're playing. They're playing the Packers. They are a much different defense at home. Everybody knows that. They play very tough. That crowd's going to be rowdy on Monday night. And I would not start Cedric Benson. I think they're going to force Rodgers to throw the ball. 
Rodgers and his receiving corps are probably going to put up a sick amount of passes. And uh, that's just how I see it. I think Benson is a sit. I think Michael Bush is a start. What do you think, man? Uh, I love the Michael Bush uh, start. I'm not so sure about the uh, Cedric Benson set. Uh, okay. The Michael Bush start, no question, because he's such a big bruiser. I mean, this kid can do whatever he wants to do. I mean, he is that huge. I mean, if anybody has never uh, been near the guy, I mean, my gosh. I mean, he is that huge. So, the Michael Bush start, goal line situation, no doubt about it. The Cedric Benson set, I'm not so sure. Uh, right now, I don't. I'm, I'm looking. I'm. I don't have a definitive start on my end, um, but I do have a uh, a set. And believe it or not, it's any Philadelphia wide receiver, any Philadelphia Eagle wide receiver at at Arizona. I know that's. Uh, <laughs> I mean Arizona. I mean, we're talking about Arizona. Uh, it, the game is going to be played at Arizona. Arizona, the, the Cardinals, they're they're high octane right now. They're on a high. I mean, they're doing really well. They're playing good football. They've had a couple of, you know, squeaky wins, but, hey, they're wins. But I'm not so sure that anybody from the uh, Philadelphia wide receiver core can handle what's going to happen when it comes time for the uh, uh, Arizona uh, defensive uh, secondary. Well, hey, Mike, uh, you know what? I like you I like you putting it out there. Uh, Arizona is definitely an underrated defense. I think they showed that when they beat the, the Tom Brady-led New England Patriots. Brady threw for 316, Ridley ran for 71. But, look, Arizona really looked in control of the game and with even an inept offense. They didn't do anything on the offensive side of the ball and still won in Foxborough to beat them in their first home opener, I think, ever for Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. So to see, you know, Arizona offense doing nothing and still beating the Patriots, it was a mind blow to me. I mean, I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe what I was seeing. And, you know, if you were going to tell me Larry Fitzgerald's going to have one catch for four yards and, and Beanie Wells is going to be the leading rusher with 44 yards, Kevin Cobb's going to have 140, what are the chances that they beat the Patriots this week? You'd probably give me 20 to 1, wouldn't you? Well, they did it, Mike, and you're right. They did it with defense, and, and I think it's a definitely underrated defense. Wisenhunt has this team rolling. The question is, uh, what do you do with Deshaun Jackson? Because this kid still gets a lot of snaps. I, I think uh, if I'm looking at the chart right, yeah, 38 of the 40 passing plays, he was out there and he was starting. You don't have a Macklin on the side of the field. You definitely have to get Brent Selleck in the lineup. He's one of the most efficient tight ends in the league right now. They're not using him. He's not in a very effective run blocker right now. He's getting uh, failing grades at that, especially last week against the Ravens. Very tough to run block against that team. But as a passing tight end, he's one of the best in the games evidently right now. Uh, Brent Selleck, you have to have in your lineup. Uh, as far as Deshaun Jackson, Mike, I know you said sit him. Let's take a, let's take a closer look because against Baltimore, I mean, the defense doesn't get a lot more stifling than, than a Baltimore Ravens defense. Michael Vick was able to throw for 370 yards. Uh, against the Ravens, and Deshaun Jackson put up 7 for 114. be very hard for me to sit Deshaun Jackson, and I'd like to see the guys in the chat room. I think Deshaun Jackson is probably one of those guys I'd have to put in there. Because here's the thing. You've got you've to have more than one big week. They got amped up for uh, the Patriots, but you've got to do it more than, more than that. Sure. I mean, and they've had a couple of good weeks. You know, they played Seattle very tough. Seattle doesn't have a, a potent offense like the Patriots did. The Patriots brought it. And they, they couldn't do anything against the Arizona defense. So let's give Arizona credit where credit is due. But I'm not sure I'm ready to bench D-Jack. I'm definitely not ready to bench Selleck. Uh, so D-Jack is, is, is somebody that I would have to look at, take a really hard look at. Especially, now look, if you told me Macklin was out and you, or Macklin was playing and then I have to decide on D-Jack, maybe yeah. I might. But the fact that he's that, that, that Macklin is out, I almost have to put D-Jack in. I have to put Selleck in. That's me. Uh, and Avant is one of those sneaky plays too sometimes. Now, maybe not maybe not the best of matchups again in Arizona. Maybe that's a good reason not to start him uh, because they have been so hot and they shut down Tom Brady. But uh, on the other side of the ball, Mike, in this Philadelphia-Arizona game, is there anybody that you want to start? I don't really think so. I have Larry Fitzgerald on my sit report. Larry Fitzgerald, what a mess. And they've got DeMarc, uh, they've got Dominic Rogers, camardi and Nandi Awesome on that side of the field. They've got some other good corners. 
And Fitzgerald, let's let's face it, Kevin Cobb is not getting him the ball. They're double teaming. They Cobb doesn't know how to get this ball. It's amazing to me because Fitzgerald's done it with so many quarterbacks over the years. It usually doesn't matter who it is. It could be Michael Trent out there, and he's going to get him the ball. So I'm a little concerned of what's going on with Fitzgerald. I can't believe I drafted this dude and in in one of my uh, NFFC leagues, uh, the the main event there, and and it's just been a total mess. Well, you know, you're talking about can't believe you drafted. uh, I'd like to touch on that later on, but – you know, it, it, it's a total mess in the first two weeks. Now, you got to remember, in week one, Green Bay was, I mean, everybody put them out for dead. I mean, nobody thought, oh, my gosh, the world was coming to an end because they lost. I mean, and Dallas looked great. And the Giants were doing their deal. I mean, they looked terrible. But, you know, we're, we're coming into week three. And things are changing in the NFL, and things will change with the players, the system. Things work out with the systems and the players. So, uh, you know, I, I'm not I'm not giving up on Larry Fitzgerald at all. I'm not giving up on Arizona. As a matter of fact, I'm. You can already tell I'm becoming an Arizona fan just by watching the way they're playing. They're playing with heart, passion, and uh, they they know what it takes to win. All right, well, we've got uh, some of the best minds in high-stakes fantasy football in the chat room. They are the crew. Mino Brown is here, and he says, if Heap does not go, this will be Hausler's long-awaited breakout game. I would love to see that. I own him in some several dynasty leagues. If you can't hit that guy over the middle, like I said in the chat room, uh, you need to have Larry Fitzgerald playing quarterback for you or something because this kid is, is a beast. I would love to see him get a chance. Sit Beanie Wells. Sit Ryan Williams. Uh, I say start Grant Selleck, start DJ, start McCoy. Obviously, there's not a lot of options here. you got to put in your studs from Philadelphia. Uh, Ryan Williams has not been what I hoped he would be. He's a little dinged up, so maybe Wells does get a little bit of playing time this week and shows what he can do. It's, it's almost, we're almost kind of due for a nice Beanie Wells performance, but I, I, I really don't want to. I really don't even want to care. I don't, I don't own him uh, in enough places that, that would even matter. So let's, let's look at another uh, potential question that's on a lot of players' minds. What do you do with Mikel LaShore? If you drafted him, you were thinking, you know what, I'm going to take this guy, I'm going to sit on him, and then hopefully by the end of the season, you know, this guy midseason will be rewarding in the form. He has a suspension that he just served the two games. He's off of it for smoking the little Mary Jane, and now he's ready to go. Now, it's at the Titans. Having completed a two-game suspension, LaShore heads into a – a real nice matchup, Mike, in Tennessee. Uh, and, and I think with very high expectations, he's clearly the most talented member of this Detroit offense. Uh, and, I, and I think the coaches have already said, hey, this guy, we're going to give it to him. We're going to let him see what, what he can do in this game plan that we have on Sunday. So, look, if you need a running back and you're kind of hurting or maybe you were counting on somebody to be there or you've got some, you know, one of these guys that's, that's dinged up and, and not in the game right now, uh, maybe you're worried about a Jamal Charles, even though he's got a good matchup. Maybe you're you're a little disappointed with what you've seen on, out of Donald Brown, although we'll talk about him in a minute. Maybe you were sitting on Fred Jackson. If you need a running back, you could do a lot worse than Mikel LaShore this week. I think he fits in as a flex spot this week. Give LaShore a shot, and I think you'll be pretty surprised at the type of workload they get. Look, Tennessee is in a, a shambles, Mike. I don't know if we've ever seen a team that – had, you know, they had pretty good expectations with Jake Locker. You've got Chris Johnson, Kenny Brick, Kendall Wright, all these – Jared Cook, you know, you had a good-looking offense. They put up 10 points on the Chargers, and they let the, the, the Chargers just walk up and down the field. Jackie Battle getting 69-2 and two on them. Uh, Malcolm Floyd, again, he's – you know, I heard a stat on Malcolm Floyd, not to change the subject. This guy has had like 100 yards or a touchdown in like every game so far for like – I don't know how, you, how far we have to go back. It's a pretty neat stat. Go check it out. But Malcolm Floyd's almost a must-start. Back to Mikel Ashore playing the Titans, Mike. It's a it's a matchup that I think you're gonna get rewarded because there's never been more of a mess than we've seen in Tennessee. Chris Johnson eight carries, 17 yards. What he's just dancing. I don't know what the heck he's doing back there. Well, I'm gonna tell you, Scott. I totally disagree with everything you said. Ashore, <laughs> uh, I mean, he. I think he's got great talent. I think it's going to be uh, I think it's going to be a great running back in the NFL. Uh, not this week, no way. Uh, the reason I say that Tennessee, they always have great uh, rush defense at home. They've always been able to do it. Uh, Detroit, 
I mean, let's face it, they're a passing team. They love to throw the ball. Now, LaShore, he can he can benefit from that. He can benefit quite a bit from that. But right now, uh, in the passing game, I don't think he's going to get that much. Tennessee is going to shut them down as far as rushing. The reason I say that, obviously, is because they've always been good at home against the rush. Uh, the the big runs that Tennessee has given up, they that they've been exactly that big runs, huge bursts, a sixty five yarder, this and that. Lashore will not do that against Tennessee's defense. So I'm not uh, I, I'm not a Lashore fan in this game at all. Hey, I, I want to go back I, to the chat room, Mike, real quick. Thank you for the insight and analysis. I want to go back to the chat room because look, this is why I like to not have guests on the show. I can really spotlight. My chat room and our chat room, Mike. They've got some of the good, some of the good best minds here. Fitzgerald, who I said to bench. Billy Waugh says he has eight TDs in the last five games versus Philly. If you sit Fitz, you will be sorry, Scott. Point taken, Billy. I'm going to write it down. We'll come back and we'll talk about it. Uh, we've also got uh, Lou Tranquilic saying, and that's BFD Fantasy Gadget. Uh, he says to start LaShore, and then uh, we've got Mino Brown saying that he would start him over Benson. We have uh, Weege saying LaShore over Owen Daniels, which I'll talk about in a little bit. And then we've got Billy Waz saying he would start LaShore at flex because Garcon is out. Now, that's a little different. But, uh, yeah. man, such a great chat room right now in the crew. Uh, you got to get in here. Let's, let's go ahead and, and, and finish this up about the Detroit Lions, Mike. It's obviously start all the Lions all the time. This is going to be a big, big matchup for Detroit. Stafford, LaShore, I think Kevin Smith will be involved. Pettigrew. Uh, obviously Calvin. I, we haven't seen anything from Titus uh, Titus Young. That's been a little bit uh, discouraging because I had – Huh? I, I, I think that's the breakout game. This okay. is his breakout game. Titus Young, I expect a huge game out of him. Yeah. Hey, you know, we've been looking for it. Nate Burleson right now is your number two legitimately. He is the number two. Titus Young is in the slot. Uh, 24 snaps last week. Not a lot of snaps. Again, Pettigrew's getting more snaps. Um, 33 snaps out of the 37 offensive plays. Nate Burleson was out there, so it's something to take a look at for sure. And we have to see what um, what Lashore, how Lashore fits into this game. Look, I understand the whole bounce back methodology here, Mike. Uh, you, you know the, the, the Titans aren't going to go 0 and 16, I doubt, but they look so terrible. They couldn't get anything going in week one or in week two. You would think that when they're now at home in front of the crowd, they're going to get things turned around. But it just seems like that Locker has no chemistry with anybody, uh, maybe a little bit with Kendall Wright. I kind of like what, Ken, what I've seen from Kendall Wright. But when you have no ground game, you can't get anything going. That's the problem. I mean, get Javon Ringer back there. Get uh, Reynold back there. Get somebody back there because Chris Johnson is sabotaging this squad. I don't know what's going on. So I, I say you know, it, 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 it's, it's, hard, it's hard to think and it's hard to fathom that after two weeks in – what's supposed to be a bounce-back year for Chris Johnson, that Matt Castle has more yards rushing uh, than Chris Johnson. I mean, it's hard to fathom. Yeah. Well, let's move on. We are running out of time. We're already halfway uh, past the hour. But, again, I say bench Chris Johnson versus the Lions defense. Lions defense is going to tee off from him, coming from behind with the the Titans. That's not going to spell good for the ground game. Does he catch balls? Sure, he has in the past, but it's not the it's not something's just not clicking with Chris Johnson. I'm not saying trade him. I'm not saying do anything drastic. But look, if you've got another option that you can plug in there, I think you'd be better off. I think Detroit's going to start off fast and furious and get this offense going, and then the the Titans are going to have to come from behind and have to put it through the air with those wide receivers. We'll see, we'll see. But it's uh it, you have to prove it to me. I can't I can't just put you in there every single week and you do nothing. The season will be over before you know it. So Jacksonville versus Indy, Mike. This looks like a good matchup for the Colts on paper. you got to remember that Dwight Freeney is out of this game. He means a lot to the Indianapolis Colts defense, uh, which which was an up-and-coming defense this year. I think Chuck Pagano had this team really ready to go. Andrew Luck, it looks like a great stat on paper. Jacksonville's tougher than you think against the quarterbacks and against the wide receivers, so be careful with Andrew Luck. If you have to start him, go ahead, but just don't be reaching for him thinking you're going to have a big game at home this week, I live in Indy. I love uh, the Colts. Reggie Wayne, I, I think it's great that he's, you know, the comeback player of the year, my comeback player. Um, that uh, I think he has, he's primed for a big year. 
Uh, Austin Collie might see the field this week. I do like Donald Brown. I think Donald Brown gets it on track this week against the Jaguars. On the other side of the ball, I mean, it's MJD. I think Gabbard is back in town. And the only other guy is a must-start for me is Laurent Robinson, okay? Um, I know you don't want to start him, but if you're hurting, he's currently leading the Jaguars in targets. That's not a big deal, right? But he is the deep threat on this team. He, the Colts definitely struggle against vertical wide receivers. This is the same defense we watched in week one in Vegas, Mike. You remember we were at the Palms. Yeah. And Brandon Marshall, nine catches and dominated. Week two, they played the Vikings. And what Percy Harvin had, 12 catches. Okay, so they they chose not to play Marshall and Harvin close due to the speed and, and this ability they have to run by them. Uh, Robinson, you know, it's the same luxury. The opportunities will definitely be there. And he definitely holds the most upside of all the Jaguar wide receivers. I would project him uh, as a, a good flex player this week. Lawrence Robinson, again, not somebody I'd be thrilled with, but you could do a lot worse, and it's a good matchup for him. Yeah, uh, this game this game is kind of interesting. Uh, I like Donald Brown. Uh, I love MJD in this game. I mean, he really looks like uh, he looks like the real deal, and uh, he's starting to get back. Uh, Back to where he needs to be and back to being a prolific uh, running back. Um, Lord Robinson, I, you know, I can't believe this, but I'm I'm agreeing with you again on this one. Uh, what about Donnie Avery? Donnie Avery, I mean, I, I'm just uh, I'm looking at this guy and seeing uh, seeing a lot of good things happening and seeing him and Luck uh, starting to hook up. So, uh, I don't know. I mean, in my opinion, MJD is a standout, but uh, Donnie Avery just kind of uh, stands out as well. Mike, uh, there, there, there's no debate, and I'm glad, I'm glad you brought him out. His fate is going to be much more determined by what Austin Colley is able to do this week. There's, the question is we have to kind of watch it and wait and take a wait-and-see approach on this uh, with Donnie Avery. Did he look fantastic? Absolutely he did. 38 snaps out of the 40 that Andrew Luck dropped back on. Donnie Avery was there. And he did his job every single time he was, he was, it was asked of him. Um, we just have to wait and see what Austin Colley does and how they bring him in. You would think that uh, Austin Colley does have a role in this offense. If he plays, he, he kind of gets the, the seniority start, so to speak, over Donnie Avery. Now, could I, I could be wrong, but uh, this is a Jacksonville defense that held uh, Andre Johnson to three catches, held Matt Schaub to 35, 26 of 35 for 195 yards, a lot of dink and dunk underneath stuff. The Jaguars have spent a lot of draft picks on defense. you got to remember that. And so that's why I said to temper your enthusiasm for Andrew Luck and the Colts offense. I mean, there's only you can get Reggie Wayne can get involved, Kobe Fleener can get involved, but you're not going to have another big day like you had for all these guys. It's, there's just well, not funny. that much to go around. And MJD is a clock killer, man. He's a clock killer. So just be careful going too yep. Colts crazy. That's all I'm – that, that, that's all I want to say. You know, I mean, it, it's just one of those things. Uh, another guy that I that I have to talk about is this Houston Texans team, uh, and he's he's on one of my sits, Mike. I've been I've been rolling out my situms this week. I sit Owen Daniels this week. I look at it only twenty nine snaps uh, or twenty nine snaps last week. Daniels, he's an average. Uh, he, he can be that average kind of player. Uh, but I wouldn't expect too much. The Texans are going to need him, okay? They're playing the Denver Broncos, and we know what we've seen from Denver Broncos. Mike, you know one of my favorite players in the league right now on the defensive side of the ball is Von Miller. This guy, have you watched him play? He's an absolute monster. And they're going to need they're going to need Owen Daniels to keep Von Miller off Matt Schaub's ace. You know what I'm saying? So Daniels is going to have to stay in and block, and Schaub can start to – maybe throw off to these younger wide receivers that we haven't seen a lot from yet, the Posies and Jeans, maybe Andre and Walter, and get some of those wide receivers in the mix because I, I don't I you know, they are gonna try to double Andre again. They always they're they're gonna try to do anything they can to keep it off of him. Uh and you're gonna see a lot of Foster. You're probably gonna see a lot of Tate. Tate's still kind of a question mark for me. I don't really know exactly how they're gonna use him from game to game. In a tough game though, I think you're gonna see a lot more, probably a seventy thirty split Foster to Tate. Uh, Daniels is just one of those guys that I'm going to stay away from uh, this week because of one Vaughn Miller. That makes sense. I mean, you know, I, I can see it. Uh, I, personally, if I had Daniels and say uh, say you have Owen Daniels and uh, Heath Miller, 
I mean, who would you start with those two? I mean, uh, Pittsburgh's playing at Oakland, uh, Houston at Denver. Uh, pretty much same type situation. You know, it's not. It, it would it's, be it's not. It's not anything near the same type of situation. Mike Oakland allows a ton. They're the worst defense in the league right now, man. You got Brian Hartline racks up a hundred yards, and Fasano gets a touchdown, and Bush runs for two hundred yards. I mean, you can do anything you want to do if you're Pittsburgh. That's why I just told Billy Waz to start Jonathan Dwyer over Chris Johnson. We'll talk about that in a minute. But Mike, wow. Wow. Owen Daniels. So, Owen Dan- I think you start Heath Miller. He's uh, he's the bread and butter uh, chain mover, and he could have a big big day against Oakland, unless Oakland does a, a massive turnaround. Like, you know, th- look, this is the NFL, guys. We we can only go off what we see. Yeah, we, we can only go off of what we see. We can't predict whether or not they're going to completely turn everything around and have their breakout game. Is it going to happen? Eventually it always does. But when you look as bad as you've looked as Oakland, I mean, they can't – they got destroyed by the Dolphins. They allowed the Dolphins to score 35. I mean, before the season, know, could you name more than a couple terrible. of uh, offensive players for the Dolphins? Probably not. So, I – I just can't get behind him, Mike. Yeah, but I, I can't. I can't get behind starting Jonathan Dwyer over uh, Chris Johnson. I All right, you want to you want to go there? Well, look, I, I've had Chris Johnson on my NFFC lineup two weeks in a row, and it hasn't made me feel any better. Um, yeah, he got a couple of receptions week one, but I, I'm still not thrilled. I'm not pleased. I spent a very high pick on him. I think uh, we had the. Uh, ninth pick overall, and I think he was still there, and it's a good reason because there were eight owners smarter than me. Uh, you know, so Jonathan Dwyer, look, he hasn't exactly lit the NFL on fire when he's filled in so far. He hasn't really even done enough to dispatch Isaac Redman, but he has looked better. Um, the opposition this week, it's, it's all based on the opposition. It's the Raiders. Reggie Bush and Miller combined for 237 on 36 carries. They averaged a whopping 6.6 yards per carry. Now, Bush and Miller, they're pretty good players, uh, but the Pittsburgh Steelers are the Pittsburgh Steelers, and they can run the ball when they want to, uh, and I think they can just have their way with the Raiders this week, uh, unless Miami is just so much better than we ever thought possible. Uh, again, <laughs> I, I like Dwyer as a sneaky stardom this week. Would I rather start LaShore? Mm, no, I'd rather start Jonathan Dwyer. I'd put Jonathan Dwyer in over LaShore this week. Uh, the turf toe is kind of out of the picture, apparently. He was able to be a full participant in practice on Thursday and Friday. That's huge for me. I put Jonathan Dwyer in his lineup. I also put Mike Wallace. I submit him back as a, a solid number two wide receiver, bordering on number one this week uh, against the Oakland Raiders. Uh, I drafted him as my number four at the FFPC uh, you know, back in Vegas, and I'm I'm thrilled with that because I drafted Jennings as my three. So now Wallace kind of fills in for that role, and i got to find somebody else to fill that other spot. Um, but Pittsburgh versus Oakland, you start Dwyer. You start probably Heath Miller. You start all your all your Steelers uh, for the most part, Brown and Wallace. On the Oakland side of the ball, look, you have to put in McFadden just because of the points per receptions. If you're not getting receptions, I seriously consider um, – uh, I, I seriously consider benching him as bad as he's looked in the past. I mean, he just really – he's looked good and fast out of the backfield, but not really to, up the middle or anything. He's not really doing much there. So uh, if you're PPR, you definitely start him. But he hasn't uh, been just uh, what we thought we were getting uh, with Darren McFadden since that uh, week one matchup. Uh, well, anybody else on the other side of the ball do you like, Mike? Do you like Darius Hayward Bay? Do you like Denarius Moore? Do you like Carson Palmer? I don't. I, I like Denarius Moore. To be honest with you, I like Denarius more because he's starting to get more and more touches, or I mean, more and more uh, looks. Uh, they're they're targeting, and he's just gonna. I mean, they're gonna come from behind again. But uh, Denarius Moore, I mean, he seems like uh, the best play for me because Darius Hayward Bay. I mean, I like him, but in that type of offense and that type of team and what they're going, they're, they're looking for a guy like Moore. That has height and speed, and this guy can do it. Well, he was in the he was in on uh, 35 snaps and got three receptions against the Miami Dolphins. So I mean, I don't know. It just doesn't thrill me. That's what Carson Palmer. That's what Carson Palmer throwing for 370 yards, and a lot of that was garbage to, from Mike Goodson. Uh, a lot of that was garbage from Brandon Myers, who I'm still not sold on. Most of that action was at the end of the game. Uh, I'm still not sold on those guys, and that's a, that's 150 yards right there. And you're telling me that he throws for 370 and Moore gets uh, and Moore's in there for 38 snaps and he only gets three catches. I don't know. I'm just I'm still not sold on that Oakland passing game yet. So I'm ready to 
you know, look, I'm ready to move on. Uh, we've got uh, Brian Hartline breakout last week. Uh, nine catches, 111 yards. He draws Darrell Revis uh, this week. He's on Revis Island. You got a sitting. Is Revis playing? Oh, yeah. He's in, buddy. Oh, he is. Okay. Well, he'll yeah. be there physically. Yeah. Um, let's go ahead to a stardom, Mike. Andy Dalton of the Bengals. They're playing the, <clears throat> They're playing at the Redskins this week, and, and I think Andy Dalton is one of these guys, if you've got a an Andy Dalton, you might be sitting on two or three quarterbacks trying to decide who to start. Again, if you have Andy Dalton as your number two, you very likely have a very good number one that you probably are starting week in and week out. But if you have him in a trio, you know, like a Dalton, Locker, uh, Wilson, Dalton, Palmer, Bradford, something like that, you know, Dalton, this is the week to put him in the lineup. Washington's pass rush took a major hit last week with the loss of Brian Arakpo and Adam Carricker. And Dalton should have plenty of time to pick apart that same secondary that Sam Bradford torched last week. So, Mike, I like what I'm seeing from Andy Dalton. This team has some synergy. They have some gel. And they're playing Washington. And they've been involved in two shootouts, the one against New Orleans and then against St. Louis. I really like what I'm seeing from Andy Dalton. He has a healthy Gresham now. He has a healthy A.J. Green that's going to bound. You know, he's bound to get it on track this week. This is the type of game that I look for from Andy Dalton to really turn things around. And, uh, man, this could be a really fun, fun matchup. I mean, we could see A.J. Green, Robert Griffin kind of thing going on here from both teams. Dalton is a 300-yard quarterback in this game, and I think A.J. Green is is, is possibly a 10-catch guy. Well, you know, Scott, it's got the highest number uh, on the board as far as over and under. Uh, we're talking 49 and a half. We're talking almost 50 points is the over and under. Uh, Cincinnati, Washington, that is going to be explosive because Cincinnati has very little defense whatsoever. Robert Griffin, the third, he's going to he's going to be able to do what he wants to do with his team. And Cincinnati, you forgot about Andrew Hawkins. That Andrew Hawkins, that kid can freaking play. I mean, he is really good. A.J. Green is going to get his. Andrew Hawkins will get his. Uh, ben Jarvis, Green Ellis. I mean, Washington, they're not they're not that good at, at stopping the run. Ben Jarvis, Green Ellis, he's going to get five, six at a time. So, I mean, this could be a very explosive game and a very fun game to watch. Probably one of the most fun games to watch uh, for the entire Sunday. I hear you, Mike. I'm right there with you, buddy. What did you say the over-under was in that game? Cincinnati-Washington. 49 and a half. Oh, man, I love it. I love it. I absolutely love it. That is going to be a game that I am glued to at 1 o'clock at FedEx Field, man. I'm uh, I'm looking. I'm really looking forward to that. I would have loved to have seen Pierre Garçon in this game. That's not going to happen. You know, I'm really I'm enamored with Robert Griffin. Okay, I I, I get. The, I think everybody understands that. But is there anything else on the other side of the ball or on the other side of that offense that you're really thrilled about? I mean, I think Dave Gerzak was one of them that didn't like Fred Davis, and I was totally in love with Fred Davis. But I, I didn't really account for what what I was you know the the connection and chemistry that you need to have with a quarterback to really be a uh, a player. You know, I think. I think at some point this season, I think Fred Davis is going to get dropped in your league, and I think this is a guy you pick up and scoop up on because I think what's going to happen is Griffin's going to understand that he does have a weapon in Fred Davis, and the good thing about Griffin is this, that he can extend a play, and the best part about extending a play is, is for a quarterback is you, that gives the tight end more, t- more time to block, keep you out, get turn around, get open in the middle, and get a, get a ball thrown to you. So I would say that – Fred Davis is a terrible start the first half of the season, but I'll bet you he gets dropped in your league. I bet you you can pick him up and hang tight, and then eventually he comes back to the the same old Fred Davis that he always was, unless he's been hitting the, the pipe too hard and he doesn't have his brain in the game. You know, I mean, that's always a possibility. We don't know this kind of stuff, but I, I just have a feeling that that's what's going to happen. You're going to see him dropped everywhere, and then he's a guy you can kind of snag and pick up on and uh, on these, in these deeper rosters. Another thing I want to throw out, Scott, is uh, this game is a, uh, you know, I, I don't know why I'm focused so much on this game, but Washington is a three-point favorite. So, uh, you know, it's based on Vegas, the odds makers, and uh, odds makers normally home team gets the three points. Well, you have to remember, the, these referees, they are they're giving more 
and more uh, calls to home teams because the replacement. And I got to add a half a point. I'm sorry. I got to add a half a point to every home team. So that that makes me feel like the Bengals might have a better chance of beating Washington than what I'm saying. Three four seven three two four five four zero four. You know, I haven't even looked at the studio one time tonight, man, since I've been here. Uh, we've got a caller from the 980. 980, you're on the air with Red versus Blue. 980, are you just listening, or do you want to you, – you got a comment or a question for uh, – uh, I'm, I'm sorry, Hayes. Uh, uh, yeah, I, uh, I had a question. Um, yeah, I had a question about a flex play in the FFPC this weekend. Um, I'm trying to decide between uh, – Mike Wallace or Brandon Lloyd? Whoa. Mike Wallace or Brandon Lloyd? Okay, well, Mike, we talked about this. Uh, what, what, what's your name here? I'm uh, sorry, it's uh, Electric Relish. Oh, what's up, man? How you doing? Oh, uh, good, good. Hey, Electric Relish, always in our chat room, man. Brandon Lloyd, he's got the thigh injury. He's listed as questionable, right? And he was limited at practice. I hate, I hate ever putting anybody in the game. When I, when when I haven't when I don't have a when I have a much healthier option, right, dude? So you got you got Mike Wallace is gonna have a dream match up here for him uh to for, for Roethlisberger to really start on corking. Uh and, and to see what Oakland's been allowing. I mean, come on, that's a lot of yards that they they've given up uh to Miami, albeit that and I think Pittsburgh's really just gonna get their offense rolling. Like I said, I consider Mike Wallace a our a wide receiver two borderline wide receiver one this week. And then you have you're sitting there with uh, your other option in Brandon Lloyd, who really hasn't gotten it going like we thought he would with Josh McDaniels. Remember, there's still a chemistry thing that you have to get down with Brady, uh, and Brady has to develop his guys. And I look for this week to kind of be the the Welker kind of coming out party. We waited a couple of weeks. Uh, Hernandez is now out. I think Brady. And after a loss to Arizona, don't you think these guys had a meeting of the mind and said, "Look, I don't know what we're doing. Let's get back to basics." Yeah. Let's get back to Vegas and get this thing back rolling. And, you know, Welker 5 for 95 kind of did turn things around last week. I think he's going to get it going even more. Lloyd 8 for 60. It was a good game. But that's probably his best game. And, that, you know, what are your thoughts? I would think, I would think that uh, – are you still on the line? I mean, I would think that he's got yeah. another option that he could drop. I mean, he could be able to start those two. Well, now my other option oh. – what it was is that my partner and I, we had a disagreement. He wanted to start Lloyd, and I wanted to start Bennett. So we, we did start Bennett, and he's still trying to fit Lloyd in. And so I have got Harvin, Wallace, and Lloyd, but I'm thinking that Harvin and Wallace are the starters. Hey, you've got, you've got, some, help. You've got, some, you've got some help in the chat room, my man. You've got uh, Dave Gerzak, some of the best here, uh, Billy Waz. we got so much help here in this room, man. I, you know, it, it's uh, – could he be right about Brandon Lloyd? Look, he's trying to pull one over on you, man. You, you know, you gave you all, you all made an agreement. You went with, you went, uh, you had Bennett or Lloyd. You, you guys decided with Bennett. Bennett did you right, man. He had a great game. He had a touchdown. Had looked fantastic. And now he's trying to pull a fast one. He's like, ah, no, let's still get Lloyd in there. We know, no, he can't do that, man. You've already decided it was Bennett or Lloyd. That was your option. You've still got Wallace. You still got Harvin in there. Those guys have to be in the game this week, my man. Okay. All right. Well, thank you very much. I agree. All right. No worries, man. Good luck in FFPC, man. Glad you're playing. All right. Thanks. Bye-bye. Electric Relish showing up, man. I, I tell you what, I had. I'm sorry to the to the uh, to the to the studio here. If you've been on hold and and you, uh, we, I wasn't even watching, man. I've just been into every game. I've been looking at the clock, trying to get all these games covered, Mike. And and sometimes that's what happens, but. Look, uh, we've we, we still got a few more. I want to hit on this KC-New Orleans game. I heard a stat that I could not believe. Thank you, Electric Relish, for calling Red versus Blue. New Orleans allows a whopping – you ready for this? I couldn't find the stat before the game, by the way. You're going to have to look it up. You're going to have to kind of trust me. But I found it earlier in the week, and I had heard it. New Orleans has allowed like 10.5 yards per passing uh, attempt wow. this year so far. Okay, uh, it's an astronomical number, ten and a half, uh, eleven and a half, ten and a half, eleven and a half yards per passing attempt this year. So <laughs> wow. the over under on this game is ridiculous too. I don't know if you have that in front of you, Mike, but look, this is a game where Dwayne Bow becomes an instant number one wide receiver, a a monster. 
Uh, he was a monster in week two against the Bills when he went off for eight receptions, 102 and two. Uh, everybody went Debo crazy. The Saints D allowed 100-plus receiving yards and a touchdown to Pierre Garçon in week one and 100 yards to Carolina Steve Smith last Sunday. This is a, a, a – Dwayne Bowe is a must-start, obviously, if you have him. I don't have to tell you that. I just have a feeling that you're going to get a lot of good options. Oh, there's another player I had here. There's another player, Mike, Tony Moyaki. okay? I've been watching his, his. I've been watching this guy, and everybody was on the Kevin Boss. Kevin Boss is a little dinged up, and Dexter McCluster. Their boss is listed as out. McCluster is listed as questionable. Okay, the snap count for Tony Moyaki has went from 13 in Week One to 46 in Week Two. They've gotten this guy back on the field now. It took first week, he wasn't really involved. The second week, he had 46 snaps. You got to watch the snap counts. Boss provides a solid pass catching option at tight end. Usually, when he's out there, he's not going to be there. McCluster's a dynamic talent, don't get me wrong. A lot of speed and athleticism makes the secondaries look slow. If you have these two guys that are out, you're going to throw to Bo, and you've got Moyaki, and maybe a Baldwin. I'd rather trust a Moyaki than a Baldwin. If I'm hurting at tight end, um, and I, you know, you might not have even snagged him off the waiver wire, it might be too late, but Moyaki is a guy I like. I just want to go on the record so that when you see him have a good game on Sunday, you remember where you heard it. Well, I, you know, I like Moyaki, but I, I would rather uh, I put I put all my cards, center, all my money center table and uh, on Bo. Bo has been uh, very reliable, and I, I would I would ten times rather have Bo. Oh, they're they're both. I mean, with this over under, Mike, and with the way New Orleans is allowing these yards, that's what I mean. They're both must starts this week. I, I really think. New Orleans is going to have a big game on their side of the ball as well. It's going to be an offense. This is the game that Breeze really uncorks one. You know, he saw Eli throw for 500. This guy's going to really go off. Uh, the, the ground game, Pierre Thomas had a nice day last week against Carolina. He had a 100-yard day. Mark Ingram still kind of looks like he's running in the mud right now. And, and Sproles is still Darren Sproles. He's not getting any carries, but he got 13 receptions. So, uh, Graham's going to have a big day. Colston, I even like Lance Moore this week. Lance Moore, two for 30 last week. I would trust Lance Moore for a 12 or 14 point day. Uh, I, well, let, me, uh, let me ask you a question, Scott. Um, if, if you had to go with uh, a running back, Pierre Thomas or Stephen Ridley, which one would you do? That's a good question because I'm not real high on Ridley. I love Ridley's talent. But in this matchup, it's not a real game I'm a big fan of for New England. Obviously, playing against Baltimore, you're not going to get off as a uh, as a running back. Uh, we we saw how they held <clears throat> uh, Lashawn McCoy, you know, pretty much in check. McCoy 25 carries, but only 81 yards. Uh, he and, and one of those carries was a 20 yarder. You take that out, it was 24 carries for 60 yards. Um, so I'm a little worried that Ridley's not going to have the opportunities. Uh, to get in there, but I'm not um, I'm not real sold on on your other option there. Who was that? Uh, was that for New Orleans? Uh, Pierre. Pierre. Yeah. Pierre. Pierre Thomas. I'm not real sold on Pierre Thomas being able to dominate the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, and if I ha- if if push came to shove, I would probably. Man, it's that's a tough one. Man. That's a tough one. Yep. Yeah, you have to come back and see me on Sunday for that one. Maybe somebody in the chat room can help out. He has uh, Mike Thomas or Stephen Ridley. We'd like to get one of those. Well, Mike, look, we've got um, a few more games. We didn't get to them all. Uh, I have one last player that I'd like to talk about. If you, Greg Jennings looks like he's going to sit once again uh, with these with these injuries. I can't believe it. So Randall Cobb, uh, he left the Bears game with the injury. Remember, and he returned. Um, I, I really like to see Randall Cobb get into this game, and he suits up in Seattle on Monday night. I think Aaron Rodgers is going to have a big day. I don't think it's going to be a big Benson day. Remember, he's on my sit list, but I think Randall Cobb gets it going against Seattle. So Randall Cobb instead of James Jones? Yes. Yes, sir. All right, guys, it's been a great show on Red versus Blue. Thanks for listening. Thanks for being a part of the best crew, the best chat room in yeah. the world of podcasting. We will see you guys next Friday night, and uh, good luck. Let's not leave any points on the bench, fellas. We'll see you next week. You've been listening to Red vs. Blue Sports Talk Radio, where Planet Red and Big Blue Nation collide. With your hosts, Scott Atkins and Michael Trent.
Please join us next time. What's up with your best friend? We get all have some fun, believe me. And what's up with these new niggas? And why they think it all comes so easy? Forget it while you here, boy. Cause all that hype don't feel the same next year, boy. Yeah. And I'll be right here in my spot with a little more cash than I already got. Tripping off you cause you had your shot. With my skin tan and my hair long. With my fans who've been so patient. Me and 40 back to work, but we still smell like a vacation. Hate the rumors, hate the bullshit, hate these fucking allegations. I'm just feeling like the throne is for the taking. Watch me take All it. I care about is money in the city that I'm from. I'ma sip until I feel it. I'ma smoke it till it's done. I don't really give a fuck and my excuses that I'm young. And I'm only getting older. Somebody should have told you I'm on one. Yeah. Fuck it. 